ladies, Kayla got the 411. I'm back for another What's Good episode. I'm here with the beautiful Brie Ellis. I said that right, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. I actually went on your website and I was going through a whole tunnel of your two singles and kind of reading your background and your story. Now, before we get to know you as a person, the segment is called What's Good. So, of course, I got to ask, What's Good with you? How's your mental health? Like, how are you currently doing in the year 2023? I'm doing good. This year has been treating me well so far. Just, you know, like being good to myself, staying healthy and yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty well so far. So how long have you been staying in LA and where did you move from LA to? Yeah. So I originally am from New Jersey and I came out to LA almost like seven and a half, almost eight years ago for a college and then just stayed. Oh, okay. So pretty much home now so you just go back home for the holidays and visit family I take it yeah yeah but I'm I'm pretty much like solidly based here now how was it just being away from your family like did you move out there and you had friends from college because you're in the music industry as well so were you pursuing music while you were in school yeah I got my degree in music so I got my bachelor's in music at Loyal Marymount um but I came out here like not knowing anyone um no family or anything just like went for it. I was like, I need to be in LA. So I just came out here and made all my friends in school. And then everyone kind of stayed in the area. So I have like my own little like family here now. That's so funny. So how old are you, Bruce? I'm 25. Hey, so you started doing music when you were 12 years old. And I love hearing you all stories about that first moment where you realized you had a gift. Now, did you discover that you had a voice on you or did your family and friends discover it first? Um, I loved singing. I always loved singing. Um, so I think like doing talent shows and stuff growing up, I would get like a lot of reception from the teachers and like other parents would come up to my parents and stuff. And that's when I like started realizing, but I would say like my big, like aha moment was, um, I would just, I kept getting like these really big roles in musicals, just like in school and summer camp and stuff. And I am a horrible actress. So mm -hmm. I was like, what is going on here? Like, why am I getting these parts? Um, especially in, in middle school, uh, it was like sixth through eighth grade. And um, they would put on like one musical. So one year it was Grease when I was in sixth grade. And I like got the lead of Sandy. And I remember my teacher telling me, you know, this is like the first time in the history of the school that a sixth grader's gotten the lead. And I think that was when I was like, okay, like, I, I know I'm good, but maybe this could be like, great. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, those teachers can always see something in you before you see it in yourself. And I'm a mom and I always tell my daughter like when you go to college like you may need one of those teachers for your college recommendation teachers always see something um the starring you before you do so I take it maybe one day you're gonna you know have your Grammy you know I'm real big on manifestation you're gonna win your Grammy and your sixth grade teacher is gonna be on the news e-news talking about that break role that you had when you was in sixth grade so I like to manifest those things and let's take it back to your parents so you being that young, having a voice on you, everybody saw your talent. Like, were they supportive? That did you realize? Okay, I want to grow up to be a singer, or you just didn't know yet. Um, yeah, they are huge supporters. I think at first I started like songwriting when I was really younger, um, and they were really supportive in like getting me in like these little studios when I was like twelve and thirteen to record my songs. So they were always just like really supportive of the songwriting. 
Um, and then I think the singing kind of came along with the songwriting because we needed someone to like record the vocals. Um, and so those kind of ended up going hand in hand. But for a long time, I really just thought like songwriting was my thing. Um, but they've always been like really supportive of me and um, just like always have been happy for me and throwing me in piano lessons and voice lessons and songwriting lessons. So, um, yeah, I'm really fortunate for them. I love that. And also your seems like your first love was writing and creating stories with music. I read that you like to use your music as storytelling. A lot of artists, there are a lot of ghostwriters and songwriters who can't sing, but they're great writers. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure, you know, you're, you're in LA. There are a lot of them who are great, great writers, but they can't sing. So you've been blessed to be able to sing and be able to write your own music. Now you auditioned for the X Factor. Now you already said that you were doing plays and you were doing talent shows. So by the time you actually auditioned for X Factor, were you nervous? Like what was the whole process? Yeah, it was really crazy. And that was like another way that my parents were insanely supportive. Um, we had to drive out to this huge like, Prudential Center back in New Jersey and wait in the like rain and the cold for hours and hours just to like get in and get a wristband. And then the next day we had to come back, wait for like five or six hours in the rain. And it was it was brutal. And then eventually once we got in, it's like the whole stadium fills up and they call you down by sections. And then down in the middle, they have like these little booths set up. And so there's like music producers, or um, just like music executives in each booth. And so you'd go to each, like to one at a time and then uh, you would either get a yes or a no. So that was really crazy. Um, I remember we were sitting, our section was by the no door and there were just like hundreds of people getting no's and you would hear like every once in a while people cheering at the yes door, but it was getting a little intimidating, especially as like a 12 year old. I was like, this is, you know, not gonna happen for me. Um, and then I ended up going down and getting through and it was, uh, just like a really crazy experience. That was another moment that I realized like, okay, this could, this could really be something for me. Um, oh my God, was- so you got through, so are there particular, cause there was someone else on this show and she did American Idol and she talked about similar experience to what you went through where like, think she, sing like <laughs> maybe five to 10 seconds. They're like, yes, no, yes, no. So yeah. Got through. Yeah, I got through, um, but I didn't make it through to the like top hundred where they like show you on TV or anything, but I still have my little golden ticket and, you know, being that young, it was definitely like a, an awakening for me of like, okay, you know, once my voice like develops, once I hit puberty, maybe like this could be a thing. So, but yeah, it was a great experience, but I probably wouldn't do it again because it was uh, very draining. Yeah, you know what? You actually, I'm so glad you said it. That actually lined into my next question perfectly. Like, did it was it discouraging or did you look at it? Or now that you're older, you look at it like, okay, I learned something from it. Yeah. I would say like because I was so young, it was encouraging for me. But I think like for people who aren't kids that are trying out for it, it can be kind of discouraging. And I think that like it it's not necessarily a determiner for success. You know, like there's artists like Lana Del Rey, who she was told that her voice was too weird by a lot of people. And then eventually she, you know, found the right producer and now she is, you know, so famous for her unique sound. So I think that like some competition shows don't see that like special sparkle that could actually be 
you know, like a star power thing. Um, so many know. of you all, I mean, you know, they can only pick so many. So, so many stars are just walking out the door and exactly almost most of these stars today were on some type of talent show. Yeah. And I think that's so amazing. And a lot of them didn't even win. So I think it says a lot about, you know, these shows are kind of used to your advantage if you are. I don't even know. Do they still do shows like that anymore? I don't even know. I mean, I haven't really like been watching any, but I remember I used to love like American Idol as a kid, but I don't really yeah. watch any anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I think right now, thankfully, as artists, as you all have the blessing to be able to put your own music out on these platforms where you don't have to, you know, try to run someone down with your CD, you know, like how they used to yeah. do it back in the day. You all can put your music on TikTok and you know, wake up the next morning and so many people are loving it. That's the great part about it. Now, as an artist, songwriter, and creator, how do you pull your inspiration? Like, do you normally like to work independent or do you have a team and a group that you work with to create your music? Um, So I have like my little team. So I have me and my producer. And then um, sometimes we'll have like different like co-writers here and there come in and help us out. Um, but a lot of what I write about is either from like my experience in my life. I write a lot about like, my dating experiences, um, just like life, how to balance, you know, like everything going on in life. And sometimes when I have a little bit of writer's block, I'll pull from my friends' lives. Um, I obviously ask them, of course, but you know, I'll sometimes write from my friends' perspectives if they have some crazy stuff going on in their lives writer's block how do you handle writer's block because I was still doing this segment like really throughout COVID so a lot of artists that they talked about writer's block and you know they just couldn't you know get out of it how did you get out of it um if you've been through it even if your team wasn't able to like shake you out of it yeah I think like it's just some days are just a hit or a miss like once in a while especially with like COVID there wasn't a lot of like new stimulation and things happening so I kind of felt like, what do I write about? You know, was dating. I mean, like, wasn't it, it wasn't it was hard to date? Were you dating during COVID? Because I, yeah, I actually met my current boyfriend during COVID, which is kind really? of crazy. lucky you. I mean, a bunch of crazy people. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, obviously at the beginning, no, I wasn't seeing anyone. Um, but like a year in. I went on a girls trip with my friends to Tahoe when we were finally able to like be together. Um, and then he had gone on a boys trip with his friends to Tahoe and we kind of all mm-hmm. met together and um, yeah, that's how we met. That's perfect. So I'll take it that drunk on me is, isn't about this current relationship. It's about. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so I actually listened to that song over and over and over because I like to dive deep into you artists' lyrics, especially when I have actual singers on here. So the song talks about someone moving too fast and you're just kind of telling them like, you just need to chill, you know, just let things happen naturally. What was the inspiration behind that? Because I, I'm I'm single and I'm dating and I'm one of those people where it's like, we need to take, we need to get to know each other. Like you're true, you, you're moving too fast. Like you're looking for a wife. Like you haven't even asked me out on a date. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was um this guy we went on a couple dates um and yeah he was just like way too into it I mean not that I don't like games or anything but it was like 
after the first date, he was talking about like marriage and oh. he like was texting me every day. If I didn't respond for an hour, he would like blow up my phone. Like, oh no, he's a, oh, he's a throwback to Buckaboo. Yeah, <laughs> it was not, it was not cute. So um, yeah, ended up stopping talking to him, but um, it was just what I was going through at the time. And I went into the studio like two days after I'd ended it with him. And I was like, I'm right <laughs> um, about this. How do guys um, react to songs being written about them? Because we know Taylor Swift is like kind of a, a, the goat when it comes to writing a song about you. So yeah. how do, do exes ever like hit you up on social media? But like, what's that song about me? Or you just got them all blocked? Um, well, I don't think he knows this one. I don't think he knows it's about him. And I think we'll keep it that way. I don't think he'll ever know. But um, I know like some people that I've written songs about are usually flattered. Um, but then again, I don't ever show anyone a song that I've written about them if it's not flattering. And even listening to the two songs that you have out, I feel like you really, uh, um, a really skilled songwriter can tell a story where it can be about anybody you know right. you the way you structure your words your verses and your chorus like it's a song that can be relatable to anybody like even a guy can listen to the song and it can be about a woman that he's dating who's you know keeps hitting him up so I think that it works out well the fact that you're a talented writer now being in LA you are a woman in this industry and you're very talented and beautiful. Like, how do you stay grounded? Because, you know, there is a dark side to this industry when you're trying to network, when people want to work with you. Like, how do you stay grounded and safe? And what advice would you give to other young women who want to get into the music industry and move to LA? Yeah, um, I, yeah, I mean, it's no secret. The music industry definitely has some shady characters. Um, but I think what's really helped me is just being surrounded by the right people. And um, my producer, Cinematic, has always made sure that he puts the best people in the room that fosters like a really comfortable and positive environment. Um, and I also just think like being aware and almost like discreet with what you share with people that you don't really know very well that are in the industry. Um, yeah, like I when I meet a lot of people in the industry, I don't tend to share like too much personal information just because some people can be a little seedy, but um, in general, I think if you just find like the right people, there are really great people in the music industry. And if you surround yourself with them, um, then, you know, I, I haven't had any really bad situations come about yet, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I would just say just the people that you surround yourself with is, is huge. Mm -hmm. And you talked about your producer as well, how he's, you know, he would put you in the room with somebody who he knows and he can trust. Now, your producer, he's Grammy nominated, right? Or Grammy, already won a Grammy. He won a Grammy last year. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Now, how did you meet your producer? Because I've had a lot of producers on this show and they are really the heart of a lot of these songs. They don't always get the credit that they deserve. Um, yeah. A lot of artists, they, you know, they will get their big break and just forget about the producer that believed in them. So how did you all meet and what are you all relationship? Like how supportive has he been with you? Yeah. Um, we actually met like three or maybe even four years ago. Um, back when I was in school, I had this project for a class and I had to reach out to somebody in the industry that I wanted to be in and do like an informational interview. 
Um, so I reached out to him on LinkedIn and I found out later that he like never checks LinkedIn. Yeah. And he was like, I'm just going to respond to one like today. And it happened to be mine. And so we got on the phone and we were just talking about what he does. And it came out that, you know, I record music and I'm a songwriter. And he was like, why don't you come into the studio and I'll show you like what it's all about. So came in, ended up showing him some of the stuff that I recorded back in high school and middle school. And yeah, the rest is history. We started working together and we've, you know, become friends and, uh, LinkedIn. I know. How crazy is that? Wow. I know a lot of people, I have a LinkedIn, but I don't think I utilize it the way I should. Like this is so simple because so many artists are like, Hey, they want to get their music in the person's right hand. But when you go on LinkedIn, it can be kind of discouraging when you see they have like 500,000 people. already following them so did you actually attach a song like how did you start it off so that people who are watching they could be like okay let me take notes (laughs) yeah honestly I feel like part of it was a little bit of luck the fact that he just happened to answer mine but I mean I just started with saying like I'd love to learn a little bit more about what you do and more about the industry and he was happy to talk to me about that and you know I you know, let him know that I also like have some music and if he ever wants to hear it, you know, shameless plug. And he was interested in hearing it and, um, it was good and he liked it and yeah. And you know what, even by you saying that, I think he, he's a creative, I think he's a producer. So Mm -hmm. somebody reaching out to actually get to know him and what he loves to do that probably sparked his interest instead of so many people who are probably in his LinkedIn, like, hey, you know, I want to work with you. Hey, you know, just clout chasing. You know, you was actually intrigued and in getting to know him and what he does. So that's a good note. So we're going to take a moment. This is something I do in the middle of the interview to kind of chill and have fun. But I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Some are going to be either or. You just pick either or, or you just finish this thing. This is just kind of get to know you better. Okay. Okay. So the first one is FaceTime or text? FaceTime. Definitely. Really? <laughs> so you're okay with somebody like, like just FaceTime you in the middle of the day? Oh yeah. I prefer it. I hate like being on my phone and texting all the time. So I'm just like, just call me. We can get it sorted and done. And then I put my phone away. Wow. So you mean business or like personal, like a, like a friend, like somebody you just I mean, know? I would say more personal, like, okay. You know, because I'm not always looking cute. So if it's a business call, maybe text, you know. (laughs) Okay, got it. Next, take out or home cook? Um, I love to cook. So I'll say cook. Okay, cool. See, look, I think I've had this misconception. I think TikTok has ruined my misconception of people in LA. Because they make it seem like they don't cook and they just go to do takeout every day. So what are the (laughs) things that you like to cook? Um, well, I love to bake. That's like my big thing. So like cakes and I just made this like, um, apple bourbon cake with like a cream cheese frosting. It was so good. Um, yeah, but I, I love to bake and then just like really anything. I, I always like to change it up. I get a lot of recipes from TikTok and just kind of like change them into my own thing. Like who needs a cookbook when you got TikTok? Like, I know. <laughs> I was in Trader Joe's because of TikTok and I spent $100 only because of TikTok. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> Next, R&B or pop? Uh, that's that's a hard so one. hard. I, yeah, <laughs> it depends on my mood. Um, I would say I listen 
to more R&B though. Mm, okay. I'm in a pop mood. I feel like R&B makes me feel sad. Yeah. See, like if I'm, if I'm excited to go somewhere, if I'm pumping up, I'm on my way to yeah. the gym, then I'll definitely have pop on. But if I'm just like chilling in my house, you know, doing some work, then I'll, I'll have R&B on. And are there any like particular artists that's kind of like your go-to and also inspire you as an artist? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say Amber Mark is like my idol at the moment. I don't know if you've heard of her. Uh, she has an album called Three Dimensions Deep, and it is the best album I've ever heard. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm going to save it now. She came up. I'm going to go there. I'm always into yeah. music. She's and amazing. You said she just put out an album, right? Uh, it was, I think it was last year, um, but I still listen to it all the time. I, it was her most recent album, I think. Okay, I'm gonna check it out tonight because I feel like I've been going through an Ariana Grande stage, and it's like, I, I first, <laughs> first it was Beyonce Renaissance, and I took a break and I said, let me go back to Ariana Grande. I need something new because once I get stuck on a particular album artist, I can wear it out. Now, yeah. thanks. Who is the first person you let hear a new single before anyone else? Hmm. I mean, I definitely listen to it myself first with my headphones on before I show it to anyone to make sure it's good. Um, then I would say my roommates, I usually show. I live with two of my closest friends. So um, I usually am like, you guys come out of your rooms. I have something to show you. Feedback and 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 when friends give you like their opinions on music, like are they honest and saying, I don't like that? Or like how deep are they into giving you um, critique? I definitely have certain friends that will be a little more brutal about it. And I have, you know, some friends that will be sweet about it. Um, yeah, like I have my one friend, Devin, he will, you know, straight up tell me like, eh, I think you could do a stronger line there or, you know, mm -hmm. that's great. So when I take his words, like, like gold, you know, I know he's being honest. Yes. I love that. Now, next, describe who you are um, in three different words. Okay. Um, I am charismatic. Mm. Um, I'm pretty genuine with people and I'm pretty confident. Yes. What's your zodiac sign? I feel like you're, hold on, let me I'm a Leo. I knew you were a fire sign. I was going to say Sagittarius. <laughs> I knew you had to be a fire sign based off your confidence. And, you know, you came on just very like, confident in who you are you know who you are and I'm a Libra and I just love fire sign women just except Aries <laughs> I feel like you all are just you can tell a fire sign woman when she comes to the door you're just very confident you already know who you are and I feel like that's a blessing especially as you navigate through this industry it's they can really tell you apart I mean I have a gossip segment so I I, I may I may contribute to this <laughs> but I feel like this industry can really tear artists apart when you come in you already know who you are like you're untouchable yeah and definitely. That's, a, that's a great um skill to have and last was one thing that most people would be surprised to know about you hmm let me think uh I guess people who know me well know this but I think based off first impressions people are usually pretty surprised when they find out that I'm like a big stoner really yeah <laughs> people are usually pretty surprised when they first meet me they're like really I did not see that for you but and I think times has changed like what do they expect I think 
do people think a stoner to look like how they did in the 70s like I maybe they have like this old impression because even I've met people that I didn't even think that they they would smoke maybe because yeah. um maybe you have two types of smokers yeah yeah I think maybe it's that you, know, you have those ones where like as soon as you give them a hug you smell it like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you have those ones that like they go to work they function they do what they have to do and they come home and chill and they have one yeah that's like me yes <laughs> <laughs> so you have a new single coming out called bad ideal and I did hear the snippet on Instagram and you're really really good with storytelling so what can we expect from this single um bad idea is also one that I wrote uh, back when I was dating um I kept going back to my ex and it was not ideal it was a pretty toxic relationship um but I just kept going back to him because it was comfortable and made me feel good momentarily and then way worse after um so that's kind of what it's about like knowing that it may not be the best idea to go back to a bad relationship but kind of having to fight your own mm-hmm. self um yeah yeah I, I I I know the feeling of that it's kind of like do you think that sometimes especially us as girls we go back because of the what if you know like nothing I feel like it's always like no woman wants to get on social media and like that guy that they had all of a sudden he's married he's a big yeah. man and they have two kids and a dog so you kind of go back there to see like what if but reality you already know it's nothing there yeah exactly wasting more time now what advice would you give to anybody who listens to your song that comes out on friday january 20th and they're thinking about going back to a toxic relationship i'm pretty sure many of you all can relate no shit (laughs) what advice would you give to somebody like oh i really want to i really want to you know go back into it's valentine's day is coming up hello Mm -hmm. like what would you tell someone that listened to that song Yeah, I would say as great as it seems in the moment, it's not going to make you feel better and you can't change someone. You know, once somebody's shown you who they are, you should believe them. Come on. Yes. That's a favorite Maya Angelou quote. Yeah. With those red flags, like I'm really big. I'm I'm a little, how can I explain myself? I'm just, I'm a straight sugar. So people don't normally get a lot of second chances with me, unfortunately. <laughs> so, but there are particular times where I do question myself on past situations. Like, mm, like what if? But I feel like if you have a lot of self-worth in yourself and you know what you deserve, like you'll, it'll, you'll snap out it really, really fast. Like, okay, like he he's nothing. Like I don't need he and him or she. I don't want to just put guys out there, him or she, they're not worth it. And you tend to snap out of it. Now the song is coming out on Friday. Now, are there any visuals whooping? Like how's the rollout going to be? Cause I'm, I feel like your video that you put out already and the way your website is and your logo, like you have an aesthetic. Yeah. (laughs) Artists don't have an aesthetic, you know, like you have aesthetic, the way your page is put together, the way your singles have come out, like that's your aesthetic. So is there anything going to be different with this single or going to be a music video? What's the 411? Um, so this one doesn't have a music video, um, but it's still, it's part of um, an EP and the EP is coming out in March and that will have a music video uh, for one of the other songs on the EP, but no music video for this one. Um, cool. Yeah. So the EP, I think you already have a name for it. I do. I can't share yet. 
I'm not sure if I can share it. I'll share it. It's called Solitaire um, because it's about my experience dating. The whole first album was when I was single um, and Solitaire is a game that you can play by yourself. Oh, that's so cool. So that, oh, wow. That goes with the picture. Oh, that's- yeah. And then the album cover has like cards on the ground. It's all kind of oh, very, nice together. <laughs> Love that. Now, since we're at the end of the interview, I'm big on manifestation. I believe if you say it. So we're going to go ahead and say, what do you want for yourself to happen for 2023? But you're going to say it in a way that it's already happened. Okay. Yeah. I love this. I, I do a manifestation journal like every, uh, every new year, like looking back on oh, the year. Yes. Yeah, so I'm into it. Okay. Um, so I am grateful for the positive reception to my first EP. I'm grateful for my record deal and I am thankful for the continuation of wonderful relationships in my life. Yes. You know, the way you said it, like, I really believe it. I was like, record, then that's how you're supposed to say it. Like, say it as if it's already happened. If you truly believe it, like, it really can't happen. I know some people don't really believe in manifestation, but you just have to believe in yourself as well. Now, you say you had a manifestation journal before we close out. When did you start doing that? Um, I started doing it, like, three years ago, just on New Year's. Like, every January 1st, I write about, like, the year and what I'm grateful for that happened in the year. Um, and it really works. It's crazy looking back, like everything I wrote a year ago happened. So yes, I keep doing it. <laughs> yes. I love that. Bree, thank you so much for being on. I love having girls on here. I feel like you all are more open and vulnerable when it comes to, you know, just getting deeper and diving into your lyrics. I want to say thank you so much for being on here. Chill and cool, right? Fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.